everyone, this is Dr. Lindsey Grove. I just wanted to provide some information before we get started with this episode. Since the initial taping of this episode, the ruling from Judge Hinkle in the Federal District Court has been appealed by Governor Ron DeSantis with an unusual request asking the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for a full court hearing in the appeal instead of the typical three-judge panel. We'd also like to clarify voting by mail. The main reason for vote-by-mail returns are missing or mismatched signatures. If a ballot is not signed, it can't be counted. Last, removing a voter from the voter roll is a process governed by federal and state law. The law requires supervisors of election to conduct comprehensive voter list maintenance at least once every odd-numbered year, but not less than 90 days before a federal election to keep voter records current and accurate. Supervisor of elections continue to address list maintenance year-round as they receive mail returned undeliverable from the post office or receive address updates from third-party sources, such as the U.S. Postal Service, jury notice lists from the Division of Elections, and the Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles in the form of driver's license lists. It's important to check your registration status before voter registration closes on July 20, 2020 for the August primary. We hope you enjoyed this upcoming episode. Hey everybody. Hope you're all taking care of yourselves and one another, staying safe and doing the social distancing thing. We certainly are. Today's show is called Big Democracy Issues and Be Ready to Vote by Mail. Our show today is hosted by me, Julie Kessel, and my good friend and colleague, Stephanie Owens, who's our subject matter expert today. This is our first show, and we're super excited to share it with you. So today we want to talk about a few things, an overview of sorts of our democracy and participating in it through the Big Democracy Act of Voting, and we want to help you be ready to vote and be ready to vote by mail. So who is the League of Women Voters anyway? Well, we're an all-volunteer, not-for-profit, nonpartisan, but political organization, and we are the League of the St. Pete area. We're all about St. Pete and Pinellas, and we're all about democracy. We don't take partisan sides. We do care about community issues like the politics of food and immigration, healthcare and the environment, but most of all, we care about helping residents understand and engage with their government, and we wanna make sure each of you is informed and ready to cast your ballot in every election, local, state, and federal. And we've got a big one coming up. Well, that's why we started this podcast, to help our listeners understand the big democracy issues and to be ready. So in season one, which extends from now through our general election, we're going to talk about democracy and voting in our St. Pete and surrounding community, how and where you do it, what you need to know about it, and why it's important. At the League, we know that doing your part to make democracy work is hard work. It's not for the weak of heart. You've got to get in and stay in the game. 
We wanna help you do that. We love being part of this great community and helping people to express their voice. We know there isn't always a level playing field and in the end, you must vote to have your voice heard. So let's start out with some awesome news. Newsflash. This week, we, Defenders of Democracy, like the League and the ACLU, the Brennan Center, and others, had a huge win on Amendment 4. That's the amendment that passed overwhelmingly in 2018, where people believe in second chances and gave felons who have served their time their right to vote. This current administration is doing all it can to actually block that from happening, but they lost this battle. The Florida Supreme Court ruled that felons who have met the requirement of their sentence can vote. How simple is that? And if they've accrued any fines or fees related to being in jail, that alone will not keep them from voting. This is so big. Fees and costs don't prevent people with past convictions from voting when they cannot afford to pay for them. You know what, Steph? I'm so glad you brought that up. That's the biggest thing that happened this week, and it's going to all help us move forward, and you're the one to help us understand it. So let's go on to some big democracy issues. What's that mean anyway? Well, we think it means that those things that make our democracy more or less representative of the people. Well, what are they? Well, the census is definitely one. We want everyone to be represented, and the census is Americans' way to do it. We all need to be counted, all of us living in the USA. The census only comes around every 10 years, so we have to be ready. If you haven't already filled it in, get your information in this week. Number two, getting big money out of politics. That's a big democracy issue. Like we did in St. Pete a couple years ago as the first city in the nation to pass the ordinance to eliminate super PACs and foreign money from influencing our local elections through big contributions. Number three, stopping partisan gerrymandering. That's when the politician chooses his constituents by mapping out a voting district that favors him, okay, or her. Every 10 years, like the census, and based on it, the USA redefines the bounds of each voting district. You should see what some of these districts look like. They can jump mountains, streams, and bays and wiggle into small crevices of geography just to keep the incumbent party in power. It's crazy. It makes no sense, and it's illegal. The district should be drawn lawfully, the area compact and reasonable, and the residents should be able to pick their representatives through a fair election. The League and Common Cause and others took this battle on in Florida, and the people overwhelmingly passed amendments in favor of it, but it took years of suing the legislature to make Florida comply. What well, we did it. We did it. So four, and this is a really big one. We're going to get into this topic today. All those three, they're huge, but this one's a giant one too. It includes a lot of issues, and that's voter access and the flip side, voter suppression. In all of its many flavors, that's how I like to describe it, there are those who would try and suppress the vote of so many people. It happens in all kinds of ways. 
ID laws, poll taxes, saying felons who have served their time can't vote, like you just described with Amendment 4, making early voting and regular polling sites less available in some parts of the city, and there are a lot of other tactics. The latest one is to try and suppress vote by mail. Go figure. That's what we're going to talk about more in a few minutes. There's more in terms of voter suppression. So many of these tactics silence the people who have the least, who tend to be marginalized racially, economically, socially, educationally, and health-wise too. So let's get to the talk of vote by mail. Why is it so important this election season and what's important to know about it? I'm gonna ask you a few questions, Stephanie, and ask you to like fill us in on some of that. We know to ensure a fair and open election, we have to have safe and accessible in-person voting places, no brainer. Maybe in the era of COVID, we're gonna have drive-throughs or a lot of early voting and additional polling places over a longer period of time, maybe. But we also know vote by mail has to be a big part of that strategy. It seems that COVID has made all of this just so much more complicated. How do we stay safe? How do we make sure our vote counts? How can we vote by mail? And so help us understand why is voting by mail so important? How's it work? Where do I get a ballot? And what are the vote by mail deadlines we need to understand? Kick us off. Julie, those are some great questions. So let's think about hurricane season. Okay. Let's just say a hurricane was coming. I remember that with Matthew. It happened, yeah, right? So you it, did. it has happened. Yeah. If a hurricane was coming, what would you do? Would you want to get prepared, maybe? Me? I'm like a prepper. I want to be ready. So you'd have some bread, some water, right? Yeah. Just in case. Because the hurricane may not come. True. You may not need the bread or water, but you are absolutely prepared. I don't want to be left behind. Vote by mail is the way for every voter to be empowered to ensure that they are protecting their own franchise. So what do, you, what do you mean by that? So we are so lucky here in Florida we Florida, are. We, I know, right? No, we absolutely. Come on, palm trees, beautiful the here. ocean. Love yeah. it. We're 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 lucky. Florida doesn't require you to have an excuse for voting by mail. I did not know that. You simply have to want to. That's all. You want to vote by mail. That's powerful. You can call your supervisor of elections, and you can ask them, "Would you please send me my ballot?" Sounds so simple. It is simple. So all of those things that we talked about that could possibly compromise how we vote in August or how we vote in November, we as voters, we own that. Just call up the supervisor of elections. Hello, it's Stephanie. Send me my ballot. You mean I don't have to worry about going to an early voting place, which is what I've done for years? To avoid all those crowds and trouble? You know what? If you decide that you want to vote early and you don't want to vote by mail and you have your ballot, you can actually take your ballot 
to that early voting site, you can surrender that ballot. So you give it to the poll workers. Okay, what if I open it? Close it right back up and hand it okay. to them. All right. If you have not voted that ballot, you will give those pieces because you get an envelope, you get a, a privacy sleeve. There are some other things that come in your ballot to make sure that it's protected. Once you would put it in the mail to send it back to a supervisor of elections, or even if you dropped it in the Dropbox. But back to your example, it's early vote. You've decided you feel safe and secure. You want to go cast your ballot. You go to the early vote site, you turn in your vote by mail ballot, they will issue you so a new ballot. So I don't fill it in. You do, unless you want to. And here's a great idea, because the League of Women Voters creates an amazing voting guide. So you want to study before you vote, right? You don't I just, always want to be ready. Or, or do you pick the candidates who have your initials? Is that really how you vote? <laughs> just... I use the League of Women Voters voting site, the voter guide. I would think so. I would think that you would go online, you would see the voter guide, you would look at the various amendments, you would look at the various candidates, you'd look at how they responded to the League's questionnaire, or hmm, were they too busy to respond to the League's questionnaire? I've seen that before. Really? Yeah. Didn't think voters would want to know how they felt. I guess they didn't care what I thought about their response. Well, they obviously did not want one of the most trusted sources for voters to get information on candidates and on issues. I guess they just didn't want to be heard. The League of Women Voters Voter Guide? Well, let's just say the League of Women Voters Voter Guide. <laughs> so you have your ballot. You have the voter guide. You're doing your research. You're all decided now on your ballot about who you're going to vote for. Okay. But you want to do it in person. You absolutely can take a picture of what you've created, of the choices that you've made, so that when you actually go into your private ballot space, you can use that information that you've already marked, the studying that you've done with the voter guide, and then cast your ballot. So when I go to the voting Wait, place... Wait, I'm not finished. Oh, okay. And get your beautiful I Voted sticker. Right. Okay, next. That's going. the best part. Okay, yeah. So if I... So I do all this research at home. I've got my vote by mail ballot. Sure. But I still want to vote in person because, you know, it just feels a little better. I love the democracy thing about it. People so I, died to vote. I understand that. So I go to the place. I take a picture of my ballot because I'm going to have to turn my ballot in if I'm going to vote... In That's person. Correct. That's right. I take a picture of my ballot, I turn the ballot in, and then I go into the voting booth, and I can already use the, the research that I've done to know who I'm going to vote for. Absolutely. And, awesome. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Now, on election day, yeah. you cannot take your ballot to the polling place. Oh. On election day. Just on that day. Just on November election day. November 3rd for the general and... You can take your ballot to the supervisor of elections, but on election day, you can't turn in your ballot. Say, uh. Let's say you want it to vote by mail. You cannot turn in that ballot at your polling location. You have to take that ballot to a supervisor of elections office. Oh, but, so if, but I if, see. But if you want to vote in person, yeah. you absolutely can give it to them at your polling location. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that. Where do I drop off my vote-by-mail ballot? 
at any one of the three supervisors of elections locations in Pinellas County. And we have one of those right here in downtown St. Pete, and there's one in Clearwater. And there's one in North County. Awesome. And the supervisor of elections will be announcing in the coming weeks other locations for really? drop boxes okay. so that people can drop their ballots. Here's, here's, let's think about vote by mail as an insurance policy. Okay. I'm in the insurance business. I like that. Okay. See, so you're, you're with me, right? <laughs> yeah. It is your assurance so that you are insuring yourself that you can cast your ballot. We don't know what's going to happen in August for the primary on the 18th. So you're saying... We don't know what's going to happen out, in November. Get your mail ballot, have it with you, or have it. Just get it on board. Take your power back. Okay. We're not waiting for the governor to tell us anything. We're not waiting for the president to tell us anything. We own this as voters. We own our own ability to get a ballot, request a ballot, have that ballot sent to us both for the primary in August and again for the general election in November. So, Steph, you know, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about COVID. Like, what happens in August? I want to go vote in the primary, and I'm ready to vote in the primary, and maybe the polling locations close down? What do I do? Again, because you have your ballot, you will be able uh. to take your vote-by-mail ballot to any early vote location. I have to be ready. You have to be ready. I have to claim this back for myself. You have to claim it back for yourself. Okay. You also have to be meticulous with your ballot. What do you mean? Well, you have to sign your ballot. So of course I have to sign my ballot. Of course you have to sign your ballot on the outside of the envelope. Okay. Why? I'm not sure. Because voting is private. What if your name was on your ballot? It's like, oh, oh, really? Julie voted that way? What a great point. <laughs> what a great point. So, so when the ballots come into the supervisor of elections office, they take those ballots apart. They, they take the actual ballot out of the envelope. They separate the pieces. They make sure that the signature on the envelope matches the signature that they have online. What if I, like, signed it, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, and I broke my hand or something since then? If your signature has changed, yeah. it's important to update your signature at the supervisor of elections office. You can download an application online, sign it, take your ID, go into the supervisor of elections office and update your signature. So I should do that ahead of time. You should do that ahead of okay. time. You should also make sure you're registered to vote. And oh. that's actually not a joke. But sometimes your mail is returned from the supervisor of elections. They may have been asking you to confirm your address or something like that. And somehow your mail was returned. And they saw that your mail was returned and then perhaps thought you no longer lived at that address. 
There are lots of things that are happening these days with lists, and you just want to make sure that nothing has happened to your registration. I don't want to be purged from the list. There is no such thing as a purge. There really? Is, I hear so much about that. There's no. Well, there is, I think, on Netflix. <laughs> but in the voting community, there really isn't a purge. Okay. It's, it's list maintenance. That's so good to know. Well, it's, it's important to maintain our list. It's the same, I'm sure, that you do with your contact list. You go through. I know you've got thousands enough, and millions yeah. of friends, but you, you know, occasionally go through and take out the riffraff, I'm sure. Voting is much different from that. They receive all kinds of updated information from um, the Social Security office where they're reporting deaths and things of that nature. So lists naturally are updated. But there are times that your mail is returned from the Supervisor of Elections office, and that is a trigger to make sure that they still have current information for you. And so they'll reach out to you. So does that mean I should do my vote by mail earlier rather than later in case something goes wrong? Well, so let's walk this back a little bit. Um, but first of all, the ballots go out about 40 days before an election. Okay. So the mail ballot, the mail ballot, you'll so receive your ballot. Okay. Yeah, you can request it tomorrow, okay. but you're not going to receive it until about 40 days before the election. Oh, okay. At that time, you have the opportunity to review your League of Women Voters voter guide. Of course. And think about who you want to vote for, what issues you want to vote for, and then you can immediately cast your ballot. As soon as I get it, I fill it in. I can send it in any time. You can send it in any time. You can take it to a supervisor of elections during their normal office hours, and they have a huge drop box that you can just So I can your, drop it off. You can also drop it off. And yes. I can put it in the mail. And you can put it in the what mail. What if it's, re like, what do, what do I, you know what, I, it's always confused me about dropping it in the mail and worrying about what if it gets there the day after the election. So I'm going to go back to that part where they mail them 40 days oh, before right. the election. Like I can't wait until election day. Kind of go, and go all the way back to the hurricane about the be prepared. Got it. They can't see us. I'm using my Girl Scouts be prepared <laughs> finger sign here. Um, yeah, you... you you don't want to put any more burden on the postal system than you actually have to. Right. If you decide very late in the process, but at least 10 days before the election. So 10 days. That's the last day that you have to request your mail ballot, 10 days ah. before the election. Okay. But you have to request it. And again, we talked about picking up the phone and calling the supervisor of elections. I'm doing it. But you could certainly go online and request as well. All right. Say you request it 10 days before. Maybe you'll get it five days before the election. Yeah. Are you putting it in the mail? Five no, days before the election? I don't think so. I think I'm going to just drop it off. Oh, man, if there's five days left... 
I'm going to drop it off at, I mean, downtown for me, but one of the supervisor sites, right? Absolutely. And at that time, the supervisors will have announced other drop-off locations. But absolutely, if you are within that five-day window, I would strongly suggest that you drop it off. You know, there are a couple of really good things that are happening this year uh, here in Pinellas County. Our supervisor of elections has agreed to pay for postage. Oh, my God. So I asked for a mail ballot. She sends me back a self-addressed stamped envelope. The postage will be covered for our primary and our general election. Wow. Does everyone do that? Everyone does not. Every, uh, there's 67 counties here in Florida, and each county is funded differently, and so some of them have more resources than others. We're really fortunate here in Pinellas County that this year our ballots will be paid for. That is so exciting. It is exciting. Pinellas has one of the lowest rejection rates for vote-by-mail ballot, and you'll never guess the number one reason why ballots are rejected. Well, I might have an inside track on that, so I didn't register my address right or something? No, you didn't sign it. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So you have an opportunity to provide the supervisors of elections with ways to contact you when you sign your ballot, when you send that information in. You can give them a cell phone number. You can give them an email address. Do they ask for it, or do I have to know to do that? They ask for it on the envelope, and they use it to contact you and let you know that there's something going on with your ballot. It could be that you didn't sign it. It could be that your fancy blueberry, chocolate, coconut, all-vegan breakfast shake uh, made a dot look like a blob. <laughs> and they can't actually read this ballot. Got it. Um, there, there could be several reasons that they have a reason to reach out to you so that you can do what they call cure your ballot, which in most instances means to correct your signature. But a voter is going to be contacted by the supervisor of elections, and then you have until 5 p.m., two days after the election, to cure your ballot. So if there is a mistake, you have the opportunity to provide the supervisor of elections with the information they need to make sure your ballot is counted. But you have to do your part. You mean get the ballot? Early. You have to get the ballot early. You have to sign it. You have to give them information to be able to reach out to you quickly so that you can resolve an outstanding issue if there happens to be one. Okay, cool. So I get it. I have to be ready. I'm going to be more careful and great information. But I have just a couple more questions. How do I know the ballot's safe? And, and how do I know... Well, I guess you just went through how it's going to be counted. They're going to ask me if I make a mistake. But how do I know that it's really going to be counted, Stephanie? I worry about that. And I don't know. Can you reassure me or tell me what's... Again, in Pinellas County, and for most supervisors of elections here in Florida, you can go online and track your ballot. So you know that your ballot... Is that hard? 
it's not hard to go online and get that information. Okay. And you know what? We should probably do like a webinar or Zoom. Have you heard of Zoom? <laughs> it's all the rage so. these days. I yeah. think so. That that might be a really cool thing for us to do where we actually walk through that entire process. How to track my ballot. How to go online and request your ballot. How to track your ballot. The ballots that come as vote-by-mail ballots are actually the, the first ballots to get counted. Really? I thought they weren't counted until everything else was in. Because of some of the missed opportunities that we've had in Florida yeah. to get our elections done on time and without any flaws, the legislature was very responsive to the supervisor of elections and organizations like the League of Women Voters who advocated for a longer period of time that SOEs are allowed to count or canvas, as as they call it, the ballots. So, so my ballot is going to get counted if ballot, I get it in. Your ballot is going to get counted. They start counting the ballots 22 days before the elections. They don't report Whoa. them. Right. But they start that the mechanics of taking the envelopes apart and matching the signatures and then eventually running those ballots through the machine. I had no idea about that. How do you think they get those early counts on election well, day? Well, I didn't know. Yeah. I thought maybe that's just some polling magic. Yeah, polling magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you definitely, this is all about voter empowerment. You have the power to request your ballot. You have the power to control when you cast that ballot, how you cast that ballot. You have the power to track when the ballot has been received. And if it turns out that you believe that you've sent it with enough time for it to be received and processed, and it hasn't been, you have the opportunity to go down to the supervisor of elections, let them know that ballot has not been received. They will check that it has not been, and they will allow you to vote an actual ballot. Hey, I've got one more question. Really? Yeah. Do we have time for that? I, it's a quick question. Okay. What if... Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. What if I get sick? I've got, God forbid, I have COVID or something. I'm not feeling so well. I can't get down. I do want to do my vote by mail. Can my neighbor take it in and just t drop it off for me? Absolutely. Awesome. In Florida... You are allowed to have other people drop your ballot off for you. I didn't so, know that either. I so, always thought I had to do it. Absolutely not. It's a little more complicated if you need someone to pick one up for you. They are required to fill out an affidavit that says, yes, you actually asked them to go and get that Got ballot it. But for I'm you. just going to go to the soup's uh, website and request it by mail. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. That is awesome. I learned a lot. This is great. I think we covered some great stuff. I think we did. Simple, but so important. Stuff I didn't know. I hope that our listeners can send in some comments or questions and maybe help shape some of our future podcasts if they need more information about this or interested in other stuff. In the meantime, next week, we'll look forward to hearing from Lisa and Lindsay on more Pinellas County voter issues. Stephanie, thank you so much. And to all of our listeners out there, remember your voice is your vote. Be ready. We all have a big part to play 
in this democracy, and we will see you next time on Your Vote, Your Voice. Bye, Steph. Bye, Dr. Kessel. We'd like to thank the Dr. Carter G. Woodson African American History Museum for use of their space for recording. Don't forget to follow us on social media. The League of Women Voters of the St. Petersburg area is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast directories and podcatchers. Like us, review us, and subscribe. It helps others find us and makes our podcast better. You can reach us at office at lwvspa.org or on our website at www.lwvspa.org. Remember, your vote is your voice. is produced and written by the League of Women Voters of the St. Petersburg area. Remember, your vote is your voice.